Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. If you hate maths, does it figure that you're no good with money? I'm, yeah, I'm really bad with maths and budgeting, which is something that's not great to be when you're self-employed. That's Jade. She contacted Money Clinic and asked us to run the numbers on her problem. You know when you had to learn your times tables and, and things like that? I don't think I ever properly learned them apart from like twos and, and the tens or something like that. And having to literally get my calculator up for, any, for everything. And I just felt like it would take me so much longer than everyone else to learn how to do like one equation or, or whatever. And then I'd forget it within a couple of days. And yeah, I just, I just compared to all my other subjects, I just struggled so much more with maths. Jade is not alone. Half of working age adults have the numeracy skills expected of a child at primary school. And 78% of UK adults are working below a C grade in maths GCSE. How much could this be costing you? Ahead of National Numeracy Day on Wednesday the 18th of May, we've put together this special episode to find out. Welcome to Money Clinic, the weekly podcast about personal finance and investing from the Financial Times. I'm Claire Barrett, the FT's Consumer Editor. Maybe some of the things Jade talked about just then resonated with you. Well, here to help us get to grips with all of these issues, we have three studio guests. Bobby Seagull, the TV numbers expert and Britain's most famous maths teacher. Timmy Merriman-Johnson, the award-winning financial content creator, better known as Mr Moneyjar. Both of them are ambassadors for the National Numeracy Charity. And Suzanne Dale, who works in the retail industry but has spent much of her career teaching young people and adults numeracy skills. Welcome, everybody. Hello. Thank you for having us. Good morning. Now, firstly, I'm going to ask you all to introduce yourselves and explain why helping others improve their numeracy skills is so important to you, starting with Bobby. So I'm Bobby Seagull, a school maths teacher, author, TV presenter, uh, and also an occasional FT columnist. Uh, And for me, I've generally had a positive relationship with maths and numbers and personal finance, but I've realised as a teacher, not everyone has that same relationship. So I'm on a mission to try to change that uh, with the likes of National Numeracy, because I genuinely believe um, our relationship with maths and numeracy is actually a skill. We can all improve on it. 
Hi, my name is Timmy Merriman Johnson. I am the founder of Mr. Moneyjar, a financial education platform for people in the UK, and I'm a national numeracy ambassador. And I believe that being confident about numbers and um, being numerate can help you to make better decisions about your finances. Well, I thoroughly agree. And last but not least, Suzanne. So my name's Susie. I've worked for over 15 years across education, um, obviously having my own learning journey, which unfortunately wasn't so positive with maths and numeracy. Currently, I work at Lincolnshire Co-op. And for me personally, I suppose my mission is just to spread the joy. I want to break those stigmas. I want to smash those stereotypes. I really, really want to improve people's mindsets and approaches when you say numeracy. They don't get all hot and sweaty and uncomfortable and do that kind of avoidance technique of, oh, look over that. I love that. Spreading the joy about maths and numbers. If you're sitting listening to this podcast thinking, then don't worry, we're going to get some really good tips from our experts, starting with Bobby. Now, as you said, you're a maths teacher and a champion quizzer. People probably know you from University Challenge and and other top shows. So here is an equation for you to ponder. If somebody hated maths at school, does it figure that they're likely to have issues later in life managing money as an adult? You'll start of a 10. Oh, start of a 10. So I think that negative impression of maths as a school child actually means that their personal finances, they almost just hope, they almost like every and every month hope things work out. And that's not really the way to deal with personal finance. No, well, especially at the moment in the, the cost of living crisis, as we will come on to later. But why do some people have such a fear, a, a palpable fear of being able to deal with numbers? and? What can people do to overcome this? So maths anxiety can impact all of us. And I think, so you're asking about how people can overcome this. And I would say it's all about dealing with it. The elephant in the room. Don't ignore it. Because often, the sad thing is, even myself, I've, I've got issues in life. Sometimes you think if I just ignore the elephant for a long enough period, it will just disappear. The elephant will, you know, quietly step out of the room. But especially now, as you talked about the 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 crisis in terms of energy costs, inflation, the elephant's not going to walk out of the room. The elephant is probably going to start growing and going to start walking towards you. Mm. Now, Timmy, I'm going to come to you next. You are, are passionate as a content creator about helping improve people's financial literacy. And the educational content that you put out on social media is all about exactly that, getting people to address the elephant. How do you help your followers to overcome any aversion they might have to dealing with the numbers? What I've learned is that there isn't actually an understanding gap. People have an innate understanding of how finances work and how numbers work. What there is, is there's an informational gap. Right. So the formula that I have found is to meet people where they are. So whenever I'm talking about financial concept or mathematical concept, I will reimagine it through something that I know that people are already used to or already understand. For example, when I talk about inflation, rather than talk about the basket of goods, I talk about Fredo the Frog, because we all understand mm-hmm. that, um, you know, very familiar chocolate bar that's gone up in price ever since we were we were little. Now, Suzanne, you really hated maths at school at first. Could you tell us how that held you back? And then what happened to change that? Oh, gosh, I super hated it. Um, yes, to the point of... Um, I would hide my watch so people wouldn't ask me the time as an avoidance technique. 
um, I had a truly awful experience um, within a classroom setting. And right now I'm thinking about it and I'm, I'm right back in that moment, sat at the individual desks, the textbooks being slapped down, the teacher sat at the front working in silence, you know, trying to attempt these hundred tens and units, going to the front, being given the book back, sitting down and going, well, I thought it was seven, I'll try eight. So it really, really did, I think, shape my view of, of maths and numeracy. Right. And I think for me, that's what's really changed is making a subject, and that could be any subject, but especially something like maths where everyone kind of goes, <gasps> as soon as you've said it, that, that horrific word, making it accessible, so thinking about how you're pitching it, making it relatable, what's with the relevance to me. I don't want to talk about how many digits are in are in pi. I don't want to know about the area of a triangle. Mm. So finding the passion in that, and that could be something as simple as baking with children and making that kind of connection with grams and teaspoons and tablespoons and times and temperature. It could be, you know, during the height of the pandemic and you're doing a project in your garden, you're trying to work out how many paving slabs do you need. We should be encouraging people to talk about finance, to talk about math to talk about numeracy and of course no better or worse time than the present with the cost of living crisis hitting everyone in britain soaring energy bills rising food prices it's just becoming harder and harder for people to manage their everyday budgets and one of those people is jade who you heard earlier when i spoke to her i asked her to tell me about some of the issues she's having with money and maths um, so I'm a dancer. Um, I'm self-employed. Um, so I dance at like clubs and festivals and stuff like that. Um, I'm 21. I'm from Brighton. I graduated from uni last year. So I did English and drama at uni. So let me ask you to start off with, when you think about numbers, how does that make you feel? It makes me feel a bit anxious because I was. it was never my strongest subject in school. I used to almost have like panic attacks um in maths lessons because I just didn't get it and I don't think my teachers could properly like sympathize with me because I feel like a lot of maths teachers because they're so naturally good at maths they don't really take it from your perspective so yeah I I just tend to avoid anything anything with numbers (laughs) Mm, so taking it back to to those experiences in maths lessons in school. Tell me a bit more about about how you felt, because I also didn't enjoy maths in school, which some people may be very surprised by, seeing as I ended up working for the FT. But, I mean, the the feeling that I can remember is one kind of of shame of not knowing the answer quickly enough. Is that what you experienced or something a bit different? Yeah, not knowing the answer quickly enough. I mean, I had a really good teacher when I was, I think, year eight and year nine. And I think I got I got moved up a set, which was probably bad in the long run. But um, she moved to Dubai. So I got another teacher and I just, I don't think he got it. He was just a genius when it came to maths. And, and I, I, he never got that I wasn't. And can you think of a time recently where you had to do something with with numbers and felt uneasy about it oh um yeah when I was um getting some new carpet for my bedroom and I oh what did I need I needed to find out like the what is it like the square (laughs) the square meters of the room or something like that 
and I just I just couldn't do it and I just ended up getting my friends come around and do it for me I looked it up so many times and I was like oh I can't I can't get my head around it and you mentioned tax now you're self-employed so you're having to do a tax return but you're also having to chase up money that that people owe you all the time the bane of being self-employed how how do you find that to, to cope with yeah, I do struggle with that a bit, definitely. And I need to start, I have like a little book now and I start writing down what I earn like every week and try and work out my tax. I mean, we pay our tax yearly, so, but I'm still trying to work it out monthly so I don't have to do like a crazy sum at the end of the year. I mean, maybe there's some sort of app where it just does it all for you. Hopefully there is. Jay, do you think that your relationship with numeracy if you like is is holding holding you back in life yeah maybe a little bit because I'm I'm looking at the moment for what I call um a big girl job um because dancing was always something I did part-time at uni and anytime I see something with uh, on the job description of must be comfortable with you know like excel or something like that I'm just like no that's not for me now if I could wave a magic wand that would make you more confident with numbers what would that mean to you? How might it change your life? Um, yeah, it, it would it would mean quite a lot. It would just make me more confident in my abilities of like being an being an adult. Um <laughs> I mean I'm I'm book smart in other ways, but I just think I'd have a lot more reassurance in myself and my ability to budget and as you said, the cost of living situation is a bit worrying at the moment and I think this would ease some of the worries. Now, we heard there from Jade. Let's start off, Timmy, you were nodding while she was speaking. I'm going to ask all of you, how common are these experiences that she's talking about? Yeah, when she was speaking, everything she was saying resonated with me because I had that experience of feeling like I was bad at maths. I think what's really important for people like Jade to focus on is that learning doesn't end with school. You can be a lifelong learner. You can um, adopt a growth mindset and you can see the rest of your life as an opportunity to learn i would also argue that jade inherently understands numbers she's a dancer so unless she's shuffling out of beat on stage she understands time signatures she understands the rhythm of music so she does have an understanding of numbers and uh while she's building up her confidence and while she's uh learning about math she she should use Know, online calculators to work out things like how much tax she should be paying or how a gross salary uh, translate into translates into take-home pay and she should ask for help because you would do that in any other arena of your life. Mm. Well, all great points. Now, Suzanne, I mean, one of the things that we heard is really holding Jade back is her confidence when it comes to applying for jobs. You know, she doesn't want to do a job where she's going to have to encounter numbers, Excel spreadsheets. Is that something that you find with the work that you're doing with, with adults and numeracy? Yeah, so funnily enough, previously, um, I worked with um, people that were facing various barriers to unemployment. And I totally agree with what Timmy said there about this growth mindset and being open to lifelong learning. But confidence can be the thing that, that people put in place as their own barrier. They can't overcome that. They have that self-doubt, um, that kind of inner narrative, if you will, that self-saboteur saying, you know, you're never going to be good at maths because you weren't and you can't and you don't know the terms and you don't know what's right. But I think for me, it's about financial well-being. It's about having that control over your finances and finding that security. 
And like you say, the journey can start with the basics, with numbers, and it might progress into other areas like learning about investing, finding out about your company pension, all of the other things that we regularly talk about on, on Money Clinic. Now, Bobby, I know that lots of the things that Jade said would really have resonated. What, what stood out for you in the things that she had to say to me? Mm. The key thing to remember for listeners is that anything, whether it's driving or baking or dancing or personal finance, these are not things that we're born with. We're not born being able to like, you know, uh, do a uh, tango dance or drive a Formula One car or, you know, work out, you know, making sure that you get your ices in before the deadline. These are things that we develop as a skill over time. So I think even with maths and numbers, you can absolutely improve it. Okay, you're not going to win an equivalent of a Nobel Prize or become like, I'm trying to think of um, Warren Buffett of investing, but you can be sensible and manage your money in a, in, a, in a realistic way. But that is absolutely a skill set, not an inborn thing. Now, if people take steps to improve their number confidence, what financial benefits could that translate into? Timmy? So I think the first thing is it will improve your financial well-being. So we all know that feeling of going out on a big weekend and not wanting to check your, your bank account or, or your bank statements or anything like that, and that feeling of anxiety that, that Jade just mentioned. So feeling confident about numbers will increase your financial well-being. It'll get rid of that kind of heart in the bottom of your stomach feeling when you think about money. Once your sense of financial well-being has improved, it'll give you the confidence to make decisions because you'll be able to Look at your finances and do things like create a budget, make tweaks uh, um, to your to your spending plan, um, like tackle debt, save towards a, a savings target. So um, that's the second thing. And the third thing is that it'll facilitate further learning, which is what we've already talked about. Yeah. Now, if there's one thing to take away from the math skills that we do learn in school that people should concentrate on improving, what should it be? Times tables, percentages, what, what could give people the most help with their money? Bobby? Good question. So again, I think, again, when you're looking at your energy bills, food prices, trying to work out if you can meet payments, I think percentages are obviously a really practical, useful thing. But I would say times tables are the bedrock of confidence in maths because, again, there are people that think they can and can't do maths. And it's only because when they were at primary school, they thought, oh, I was quite handy with my times tables. So I think generally, if you can get confident with that, that actually makes you sort of feel like you're able to access the whole subject of maths and then personal finance. So I would say actually times tables. OK, Suzanne? Um, well, you've taken the practical aspect, so I'll go the other angle. Um, I think for me, I'm going to go with the self-belief around maths and numeracy. A Roald Dahl quote comes to mind that those who don't believe in magic will never find it. No. And I think you need to have that self-belief, that kind of focus, that mindset. Yeah. Timmy? Yeah, I'm going to answer in a similar way to Bobby. I'm a big, big fan of percentages because whether it's calculating tax, investments, um, paying off debt, percentages scale with the amount of money. So whether you earn 25K or 100K, saving 10% of your salary, that 10% stays the same and you can apply it, apply it to whatever the numbers are. So I would say learn about percentages and you can apply that to most things. Well, very well said. Now, we are the money clinic, of course, and Jade has kindly shared her problems. We've attempted to perform a diagnosis, but now I want to hear from the experts about what their prescription would be. And not just for Jade, for anyone who's listening to this thinking, that's me. 
I have an irrational fear of numbers. I want to get closer to numbers. I want to change my mindset. So experts, what practical steps could people take to improve their number skills? I'll start with Bobby. So uh, the first thing I'll say actually is have conversations with people. So again, with my national numeracy charity ambassador hat on this year we're celebrating not just our fifth national numeracy day which is going to be like woohoo party time <laughs> but what we're doing this year so it's something called the big number matter so we're encouraging people all across the country whether you're like a high-flying investment manager or someone that runs their own small business you'll all use numbers and money in some way so have conversations at your workplace with your family with your friends that's one way to start I'd recommend taking the National Numeracy Challenge. So if you go to National Numeracy's website, National Numeracy Challenge is just a a short series of questions, uh, math questions, where you can use it to gauge uh, where you're at. You can also talk about how confident you feel about numbers, and then you can revisit the challenge over time as your confidence builds. And I I did it a a few uh, months ago, and I didn't get all the questions right. No, neither did I. Yeah, one of the questions I got wrong was one of the scenario-based ones. So I I understood the sums behind it, but I just didn't follow the scenario that well. But it's not a problem because you can take it again and again. It's not an exam. It's a website, a section of the website that you can revisit as often as you like. Cool. Suzanne, what would you prescribe? I think for me, it's step out of your comfort zone. Um, Be a flower. Like water yourself let yourself grow get the right conditions for you to be at your full height and your full bloom and that could simply be you know talking to somebody and having a conversation it could be accessing online courses it could be of course um, seeking further education so now that you are of potentially in that lifelong learning stage and you may have had those really bad experiences where you go don't say math to me um seeing what else is available out there doing bite-sized little things but i think the key thing is do something well be a flower fantastic message now before i say goodbye to the experts just to let you all know it's national numeracy day on wednesday the 18th of may We'll all be doing things on our social media feeds using that hashtag, National Numeracy Day. And if you want to take the number challenge or find out more about how to have a number natter, there's loads of information and resources on the National Numeracy website, which is www.nationalnumeracy.org.uk. That's it from Money Clinic this week. Many thanks to our experts, Bobby Seagull, Timmy Merriman-Johnson and Suzanne Dale. If you would like to get in touch with us and tell us what you'll be having your number natter about on National Numeracy Day, then you can email us. Our address is money at ft.com. Money Clinic was produced in London by Persis Love. Our executive producer is Manuela Saragosa. Our sound engineer is Breen Turner. And the original music is by Metaphor Music. If you would like to be a future guest on the show or you've got a burning money issue that you want to tell me about, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram and now TikTok. I'm Claire B at C-L-A-E-R-B. And you can also send me a DM if you'd like to appear as a guest on the show. And finally, The Money Clinic is a general discussion about personal finance and investment. It's not intended as individual financial advice or an investment recommendation. If you want that, you need to go and see an independent financial advisor. That's the small print over and done with. See you back here soon. Goodbye. Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.